Good evening and welcome to Berwick Speedway's Total Access Show here on Radio Northumberland. I'm Greg Blair and joining me this evening is the commentary duo at Berwick Speedway, Marty Clyde and James Black. Now, we've got a busy show up tonight and we're also going to be having the quiz later on as well. And you know how much everybody loves that. So, the guys that were that are on tonight, Marty, how's your, uh, how's your quiet weekend been without any Speedway? Just exactly that, Greg. Very quiet. I watched the Grand Prix Saturday night, and uh, that was that was pretty much my weekend. I didn't do much more than that. So sometimes you've got to have these little quiet weekends. Exactly that. And James, yourself, I would imagine watching the Grand Prix. I caught up with the GP yesterday. Um, because I was at a, I was at a gig on Saturday night. So uh, yeah, oh, right. caught up with the caught up with the GP yesterday. So uh, yeah, much Fresh. to talk about. Fresh for tonight's show. I mean, the thing is, it's a nightmare. See, when you've been like, you guys know it, when you've been at the Speedway on a Saturday night and the Grand Prix's been on at the same time, you can't go on your phone because you'll find out the, the results. But obviously, you would have found out the results uh, pretty sharp because, well, we're on Wednesday. So what what you must have found a, a squeezed in some time on the Tuesday to, to get it done. But um, yeah, it was a fascinating, uh, fascinating Grand Prix anyway. There's been a few comments on Facebook, I think would be safe to say. Um, for some reason, I think people are just taking a, a strange disliking to Bartosz Marslik. It just seems to be, is it because he's unstoppable, Marty? What, what's your what's your view on that? I, I think that's possibly what it is. And he's obviously, he's a triple world champion now. He's still the man to beat. And uh, when you watch him on the bike, Greg, it, the way that he rides the bike is just, it, I'm not. He's not revolutionised it, but it's just so different from everybody else. And the way that he generates speed on the bike is just uh, incredible, really. I mean, we've seen it in the final. The speed that he managed to pull out of, out of nothing. I mean, the track was as slick as the A1. And uh, he managed to generate speed where nobody else could. And uh, I think it's just that sort of thing that, if you take Bartosz Smarzik out of the situation, there's quite a lot of the guys that are all um, about the same sort okay. of level. and he's Yeah, they're all up. sort of tripping over the top of each other. Yeah. Uh, and, and I do think that, you know, the, the people that are saying all this, I think it is just maybe jealousy because they're winning. My dad made an absolutely brilliant comment uh, the other day when I was speaking to him. He says, could you imagine what it would have been like if there had been Facebook when Ivan Major was on the go? Because Ivan Major was there not was there not a season in, in, in Speedway that he never run a last? It was something crazy like that, and that was through the World Finals and and league racing. He never run a last all season. You had the likes of him, and you had uh, in nineteen eighty six, I think it was Hans Nielsen. He posted an average for the season of eleven point eight six. It was only he only dropped something like four points in the whole entire season. So that's incredible. That that, that you, is incredible. When you, when you start mean, to think like that, it, it is yeah. You can't say uh, you can't see uh Smarz like doing anything like that. You know he's good, but you have to hand it to him. There's just different kinds of greats. Um, and I think that's that's the beauty of the sport. Sparslick's doing quite a lot of his stuff, like we saw on Saturday night. He's doing quite a lot of these overtaking manoeuvres where you think, no, no, nobody would get away with that apart from Golob, and no, he certainly is. And then 
obviously your Ivan Major, who was just unbeatable. And then you had Tony Ricardson, who was just, dare I say it, was quite a boring rider to watch. Just made the start and cleared off. And that was it. You know, he was just, you know, there was nothing about him that you'd be going, oh, this is going to be brilliant. Because, yes, it was brilliant, but it wasn't so much entertaining, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. he obviously was, he was one of the best guys that we've ever seen grace a speedway bike. But, you know what I mean, myself, yourself, James, when it's a world champion like Mark Laram, that's a, that's a different story altogether. Oh, absolutely. I think I'm always going to be a little bit biased. Mark Laram, probably my favourite rider of all time. But, yeah, these are the guys that, you know, you, you like watching because it's entertaining when they do miss the start. Um, yeah. Whereas you say, Tony Ricardson, not that he couldn't do it, but very rarely did he, did he have to come for the back and, and do all the hard work. He usually had all the hard work done in the first, you know, 25, 30 yards of the race. And, and that was usually all she wrote. But interesting, you touch on... on, on Smarz, like an, a, a, I've spoken to a few people, and, and you, you're right enough. There's been a lot of stuff on on Facebook and and um, you know other social media platforms about you know people taking a real dislike to him, and I think it's just because he is that good. And ultimately, it's up to the other riders to up their game to get on his level, because ultimately, if you want to be the man, you've got to beat the man, and he is the man to beat just now. Exactly that. And I mean, there was also um, interviews that they had, you know, they had the track walk, Scott Nichols went round. Some very interesting um, comments from um, the three-time world champion Ty Woofenden. Ty was saying that something about, you know, his bikes were 15% better than what everyone else's are. Now, I've seen a few comments on Facebook saying, why is he, why is he not bringing these better bikes to the Grand Prix or why would he say that when he's getting beaten up uh, on the track and he's getting beaten by such and such? That was Ty's own ad uh, admitting that he, it's, it's him. He's he's not doing the job. The bikes are spot on. He's just not doing the job. And it takes a lot nowadays for, for someone to say that because there's far too much of we couldn't find the setup. The setup was the issue. I've been I've said it myself. Um, I've not been able to find the setup. Fair enough, I, it's true, but for Ty to come out and say that, but the, the most interesting point was the fact that he said he would return to the UK next year. Did any of you boys pick up on that track walk with Scott Nichols? I mean... Um, excuse me, I missed that. I must admit, I missed that. But if he's talking about coming back to the UK, as we've seen and we touched on it in the show last week, that a lot of the guys are making a return to Britain because the variation in tracks, they feel that it's more beneficial to them Mm. But the way that the Grand Prix series is now, a lot of the tracks we've seen uh, the Grand Prix in Germany, there's not many tracks like that in Poland and in, in Sweden and, and what have you. So the guys are they're, they're looking at it and going, well, we, we now have to be able to ride in all sorts of sizes and conditions. And uh, actually, on, on at the weekend, if anybody's seen the under-21s, uh, We've seen it that the track conditions were a bit damp and a bit terrible, and uh, uh, Norik Bladorn that rides for Bellevue, he was basically saying that he went out and attacked the track because he had the experience, dare I say, riding on wet tracks in Britain. So guys are looking at this now rather than chasing the golden egg, as it were, 
abroad, it's better for their career development to ride in Britain. That's exactly it, James. You mean, as what, what Marty's just said there about these guys that are coming back, you think on a... Do you think it would pay off to bring a bring sort of tie with him to come back? Let's just, for example, say that he goes back to Wolverhampton. You know, Wolverhampton have had their issues with uh, with their where the track's going to be uh, in the future. But do you think that would bring more people through the door if they knew that Ty was coming back? Oh, I, I think undoubtedly. I think undoubtedly it would. Um, you know, is still a box office draw um, as far as. As far as that goes, um, certainly in my opinion, he is. And uh, he's, uh, he's still a three-time world champion as well. And I think, you know, of course it's going to put more people on the gate, but not only that, it'll put more people on the gate at the, the tracks that they travel to as well. Um, you'll have to look at how many people have turned out to see, uh, you know, Artem Laguta and uh, Emil Saifudinov and, and, and such like um, at various tracks as well. So, yeah, I think it would. And it's, it's interesting that you say about guys potentially returning to to, to Britain um, to sort of hone their craft. When you look down through the, the sort of history of the World Championships uh, or, or World Champions, if you like, um, there's, you know, prior to your Bartosz Schwarzak and your Artem Laguta, most of those guys, if you look over the last sort of 20, 25, 30 years, have all had um, extensive British experience. And I think that, that that part of their race and well, a lot of them would credit their time in Britain to their to their success. You know, guys like Greg Hancock and um dare say Ty Woofenden. Um and if you go further back, you know, Billy Hamill, guys like that, uh, I think they would all agree that, that riding in Britain made them better riders or made them better equipped riders for dealing with maybe more challenging track conditions um on, on some of these other uh, other tracks. So I do. I think that Britain, as a like as a speedway nation, still has a lot to offer. I've always thought this, and, and that hasn't changed. Yeah, you're right when you say that because you look at British speedway. All these riders, in, in my opinion, all these riders are gaining valuable technical skills riding on the British tracks. You know, the the smaller the tracks, the bumpier the tracks, the tracks that are uh, are not the, the the right shape you know you get a few of these ones that are that one corner's bigger than the other or, or or Sheffield for example you know it's only really got one straight and uh, the back straight at Sheffield's on is, is it's like a shape like a D so the back straight's like a bit of a curve on it so you've got all that kind of thing so yeah you find all your technic you get all your technical skills in the UK and then you go over to Poland that's where you learn how to go fast um and yeah it's you need a bit of both with that, and uh, I think that's that's what we need. But looking at the Grand Prix, I mean, there wasn't a great deal to discuss in it, apart from when we got to the business end of it. Now, the meeting didn't have that many restarts, accidents, or anything like that until we got to the final. Um, Marty... Um, I have to come to you on this one. We had a little bit of a chat about it uh, before we come on air. What in in that final? Let it all out. What did you see and what do you think? Well, my take on it is this: that if you see just before Doyle comes down on the first bend, coming off the fourth bend, uh, he, he gets ultimately he gets a hell of a nudge from uh, Smarzlik. 
which kind of unsettles him a little bit, but also gives Freddie the opportunity, Freddie Lindgren, that is, to, to come steaming underneath him. Now, I appreciate, obviously, when they get to the the, corner, the next corner, Freddie can only turn left. He can't move out. But by the same token, Jason is in front. So why why would he give up his place? Why would he move out the way? So Freddie comes hard underneath him. And unfortunately for Jason, his dirt deflector catches his front wheel. And, <clears throat> excuse me, he's got to bail off. So... Personally, my, my take on it that uh, uh, Jason was hard done by, but obviously it, it's like everything, everybody's got a different opinion. And a lot of people, as we've already alluded to on social media, saying that uh, Jason Doyle bailed and was looking for the decision. But to my mind, why would he Why would he throw it away? Why would he throw it down? He, he's in front. At that moment in time, he was, what, third? Um, and he's fighting for getting as many points as he can, so... For me, there's no reason for him to throw it down and look for the decision because right or you maybe get another bite at the cherry, but you know ultimately, no, I don't think any rider ever, really at, at that level anyway, looks to throw the bike down. Just my opinion. I mean, it's a it's a fair opinion of it, um, and the thing that I saw, which is I'm kind of going against the grain here, whoa, 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 is <laughs> that. <laughs> I do think that the reason that the referee excluded Doyle is because, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think in the, in the Grand Prix they're allowed to use the replays for their decision. Is that correct? Yeah. That could well be correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure I it is. Think, I think it may just have looked like that, okay, it's a dirt deflector that's hit him. And... I know it maybe looked a bit more than what it was, but the dirt deflector sort of like bounced up in the air when it hit his front wheel. I don't think that would have caused him necessarily to come off. I think Doyle may have thought, I've got another chance here. And I just think the way that it looked, it, I mean, maybe he didn't. We, we'll never know unless we, we spoke to him, but the way it looked, it kind of just looked like that he got off. And I think in in each side of the coin, Maybe yes, he did get off because he was unsettled and he and he came down, or yes, he jumped off because I might get another shot at this. You know, I've made a mistake in the first one. I might get another blast in the in the rerun. But in my opinion, and if you, anyone on social media wants to shoot me down, they can. I I think from from the reason of that is the referee thought you could have stayed on that. You jumped off. You're the primary cause of the stoppage, and yeah. That that's just the way that that I've seen it. But then again, you know, what would have happened? And James, I'll come to you in this one. What would have happened if Madsen had held his ground when Smarzlik come underneath him? Oh well, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? I mean, had he held his ground um, and not and not moved off the line like like Schwarzlick forced him into? Well, one or two things would have happened. It would have been complete carnage. Um, for for a kickoff, and then ultimately, you have to say that Schmarzak would ultimately mm. have been excluded for causing that. But then these these are these we spoke about how fine the margins are in the in Speedway last week. That is case in point of it. You know, he saw a gap, he went for it, it paid off. It might pay off half the time, might pay off nine times out of ten. 
it's not going to pay off all the time, but at the minute, whatever he's doing, it's working for him. Um, and yeah, you have to say that, you know, because as you say, if he'd, if he'd held his ground, he'd have just cleaned him up, wouldn't he? He'd have just T-boned him right at the side of him. And, and that would have been, you know, chaos. I think I've seen, I've seen a few comments, uh, Twitter and, and Facebook. People were saying it was a harsh move on Smarslik. He's dangerous, blah, blah, blah. In my opinion, and I've watched it a few times, and funnily enough, because I'm doing this podcast and radio show now on Radio Northumberland, I'll analyse it more so that I can give more detail in it. Um, I think that Smarslik came underneath Madsen knowing that he was going to move. I think Smarslik thought he's maybe raced him a few times and done the same move on Madsen, you know, in, in the Polish league or whatever. He's maybe come storming underneath him or he's seen it that's another thing that riders get in their mind where they can they'll be watching a certain rider that they're going to come up against they'll see them get dive bombed and they'll see that rider move out the way and your your mechanic or your mentor or your teammates or your team manager or whoever will say did you see such and such get dive bombed there he absolutely filled his pants and moved it right out the way um, and that's maybe something that Smarslik knew was going to happen but at the same time we kind of get away from the fact that Smarslik, everyone's talking about him. He's an absolute cracking rider. So he would have been able to park that bike up and stop it. It was the last corner going into the onto the checkered flag. He could have just pulled a big locker there, stopped that bike, turned it inside out and been able to ride out of it. And Madsen would have went on to get the win. But the, the, but the main thing that I saw, which I thought silenced the, the, all the negativity about it, was did you see Madsen's reaction when they got to the podium? You know they were laughing, and and he was almost gesturing as if to say, "Yep, you done me." Like there was no yeah. shake of the head or not speaking. You know what I mean, Marty? It was, yeah, yeah. It, it could be. It could be as well that Madsen's not had the best of GPs thus far, and he's maybe thought, "Do you know what? I'm not. I was first. I'll settle for second. Because I've not had the best of seasons thus far. A podium is a big turnaround for me. But I get what you're saying as well. And I remember if we can use a Formula One analogy on that one is they reckon that Ayrton Senna used to do that against guys that he would he would if they were going into a corner, they would park the car in such a, a fashion that if you turn in before or you're not in front, if you turn in harder, he's making you right, are we going to have an accident or are we not? And then he mm. knows, he's got that psychological edge. He knows, right, if I park the car, if I get up the inside of him, I know he's, he's going to put on the brakes and bail out the move because he doesn't want to have the conflict. So there could be there could be an element of that as well, like you say, but, uh, you know, as a, as a fan, it's just incredible to watch it. Like I said before, the speed that the guy generates sometimes is just <sighs> unreal. It is, it is brilliant. And I know I know what you're saying about Senna when he was, you know, doing that kind of thing to just, like, on me personally, uh, when I'm racing, if, I know that people have actually said this to me after a race, when, when, when I get close to someone on the track, I get more excited. If someone <laughs> tries to get close to me or tries to give me a fright, I get more of a buzz from it. So if anybody's listening, if I'm, Go, as we will talk about later on with our uh, Edinburgh home and away meeting this weekend. If anyone's going to try and show me a front wheel to give me a fright, 
you're just going to make me more excitable and get the adrenaline pumping a little bit more. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's good fun, and I did like to see that you know Madsen had a had a bit of a smile about it afterwards because I know that there's quite a lot of people out there for whatever reason. Um, Madsen's not the Madsen's not the uh, the the biggest um, friendliest guy in the pits, but um, yeah, it's a it's it was a good Grand Prix. I know there's a lot of people that um, always will slate it, whatever they do, but just enjoy it is what I'm saying. It's yes, uh, exactly that. Embrace it and enjoy it. Exactly that. It is exactly that. Uh, so we're going to be looking forward to the bullets. Uh, match home and away this week. Um, I will. I don't know. I can't really say too much. It's my I'm the captain of the team. I mean, I'll let you guys go on. See what you've got to say about that. Uh, well, I, I think ultimately, you know, it wouldn't be unreasonable to think about home and away wins over the weekend. Uh, will be interesting. I tell you what, I'm interested to see. Obviously, with the the Bandits signing Jacob Hook and obviously he rides for the Edinburgh Academy mm. and he's had a couple of matches at Shieldfield now. It's going to be interesting to see his battles with yourself, Connor Coles, Danny Phillips. So I think the fact that it's a local derby and there's that little twist that the Bandits Reserve rides for the Monarchs Academy, I think it'll be a rather interesting weekend on that front. It certainly well that's one thing to, to look at it it is going to be it is going to be an interesting meeting and i do like the fact you know it is for for the for the for the bullets in the national league and and i guess for the the edinburgh academy it is a it is a local derby now um so traveling fans um on either side of the of the border uh, i would imagine hopefully anyway um because you know the one thing that we do have up our sleeve is we do have, you know, Danny Phillips. They've got Jacob Hook, who's riding at Berwick now. But Danny Phillips was a was a rider at uh, Edinburgh last year. Um, Connor Coles gets round the place very well. I mean, who can forget that meeting that when Berwick were there uh, not so long ago when it was a little bit colder? We were all lucky to see that on the British Speedway Network. Connor Coles basically, in my opinion, won the meeting for us that night. Yeah, yeah, and. Uh... I believe at times a certain Greg Blair's managed to master Armadale, certainly get round better than what he did previously. Um, <laughs> <he> seemed, <laughs> I, I seem to recall he had a, a score of about maybe eight, paid ten, and he was absolutely buzzing along the lines of, I finally got my head round how to ride it. Yeah, it's, uh, the thing is, for that track, it is. I used to could ride it pretty decent when I was about fifteen odd year old, because I was never allowed to ride at Berwick. That was the, that was the start when when I first started racing. When I when I could link the corners, when I could get the bikes turning, um, I wasn't allowed to go to Berwick because they didn't want me learning how to go flat out and not be able to, not learn how to turn a bike. Which looking at it now, I that was fair enough. That was a really good idea to do that because if you can learn how to go fast and you can learn how to go fast around corners, but then when you come to a small track, you're kind of like, uh oh, <laughs> what, what am I doing here? But yeah, I I had some bad nights there. Uh one of the worst nights I had was when I, I guested for Edinburgh 
against Birmingham and I was riding with a bent bike and we didn't know the bike was bent, which was the, the issue. I just thought it was really, really rubbish. And then we realised that the, the, the whole bike frame was uh, mangled. Um, but yeah, I like the track and when, when the track's prepared right and the bike's working right and you're feeling right, everything just goes perfect. And, you know, if I've got the gating gloves on, Come and catch me, boys. <laughs> have you got a pair of getting gloves, Greg? I have washed them. No, good. good I've washed good. them. They're on the radiator back home, <laughs> just getting dried out, ready for the ready for the meeting. Oh, Super. don't you forget them. Don't you forget them. Well, I'll, I'll try my best. I'll try my best. And quick mention for anybody who is unable to travel to the meeting on Friday, whether you've got work commitments or anything like that, you will be able to watch the meeting live on EMTV, which is on the Edinburgh Monarch Speedway page. Uh, you can find that Facebook website somewhere. Just Google it. And if you don't know how to do that, then find somebody next door that's younger or a, or a, or a relative that will figure it out for you. And you can sit back, watch that, take away a couple of beers or, 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 or iron brew. I don't know. Just, just <laughs> sit back and enjoy that meeting. And I'm sure it will be a cracker because not trying to sound too... Um, punditry on this but it's uh, both teams are needing home wins uh, they've you know we've both had our fair share of you know it's like like looking at it on paper the teams are both teams are really good they've got a strong team but the performances have just not been there yet so each team's hoping that um, they can get one over on the other but it certainly will be fantastic and Going into the, the Saturday night at, uh, at Berwick, it's almost like we've seen more bullets than we have bandits this season. James, you've been calling all the commentary uh, this season. Uh, what's your uh, what's your thoughts on the on the bullets? I mean, what have you seen so far? Who's impressed you and what are you liking? I think everybody has had their moments, uh, certainly. Um, you know, obviously, sadly, we didn't get to see much of, uh, of Archie, uh, Archie Freeman in action for the for the GHT bullets, but uh, you know he'll he'll be back at some point. But I, you know, the, the, I think the thing that's uh, that's caught my eye the most, and I think uh, Marty will agree with me, is that you know what, whether you guys have won or lost or whatever the result's been, you've have went down swinging every single time, and the effort's been the effort's been there. Um, the results maybe haven't, um, but. You know that's that's speedway, isn't it? It's fine margins again. Um, you know it's, but no, certainly. You know, a, a rider who I would like to mention actually is, is Jamie Halder. I think he's been a, a mm. cracking, a cracking signing. Um, must confess, I didn't know an awful lot about him um, prior to him signing. But do you know what? He's went about his business quietly. Is is uh, uh, you know put himself about, made great starts, made life difficult for. For opponents picked up race wins perhaps in places that that um they hasn't and, and to be honest I think him as a rider and guys like him it just perfectly encapsulates what the what the national development league is all about and you know long may that continue exactly that and I mean we had Jamie on the show me and Framey a few weeks ago and um, if you missed that you can get that podcast on any uh, place where you get your podcasts if that's Spotify Apple where wherever uh, you get them and. It was a really inter- really interesting chat with Jamie. He's uh, it he, he doesn't sound like a speedway rider. He's got a really good job. He's a very intelligent lad. Um, he's 
got a future planned out for him. And, you know, he just came to Speedway um, not, you know, not too long ago. It's not been, he's not been brought up around it. So for him to come into it and pick it up. And I think the, the fact that of what his job that he does, he, um, he likes to figure out how things work. And I think obviously with that kind of brain that he has, he's looked at Speedway and thought, how does this work? Like this, it's it's almost like the bumblebee thing, you know, how this, this shouldn't physically meant, it shouldn't be able to fly. So it's like Speedway, this shouldn't work. And he's enjoyed picking it apart and he's become quite a good rider. To be fair, he's had his fair share of, uh, his fair share of injuries uh, in the past, but, um, you know, touch wood, None of that's happened for him uh, this season. He's been he's been going really well, but uh, I enjoy having Jamie in the team because he has got quite a lot of knowledge about things. Because, like I've said, he stripped the bikes back, and he if there's something goes wrong, Jamie said to me, when something goes wrong, I like to know why it's went wrong, how to fix it, and what's been the cause in the run up to it. Instead of like where I'm like, uh, if something goes wrong, I'm like, oh. We'll just have to buy a new part for it and put it in, and then like not even think about why it went wrong. Whereas Jamie will dissect it all and look into it, and I think that's really clever. Um, aye, but I, I have told him, as you probably can tell, that I'm a, I'm his number one fan. I always tell him that after uh, after his every ride, every every good ride he's had, I'm like, I'm your number one fan, and <laughs> here's me waffling on about him. But um, the rest of the team it sees that we have uh, rider replacement once again. Uh, for Friday, Saturday, James, you've got the paperwork there, haven't you? Uh, I have the virtual paperwork uh, <laughs> <laughs> in front of me. Um, yeah, sadly, Josh Embleton uh, still out of action. Um, and you know, he's another rider that if points were given on effort alone, uh, he'd mm. be top of the averages. You know, god, that guy's put a shift in every time I've watched him, and that's maybe been to his detriment um as well you know it went uh had a, had a big off at berwick um two or three weeks ago um it was and, and I, I think he's uh, still feeling the effects of that one and he'd obviously been in the wars prior to that as well so he's tried to battle on um battle on through through injury like so um fair play to him is uh you know he's battled on but yeah hopefully he's back in action sooner rather than later but um, for now, the rest of the team will have to uh, step up and uh, and do the business for us. And that's exactly it. And we send our best wishes out there to Embo. Uh, I know exactly what it's like, you know, at the, towards the end of the season last year when I took a bit of a knock in the Leicester meeting. I couldn't travel away down to Melbourne Hall. Uh, not that I would have done much if I had been there or not. But sitting on the sidelines when your team's going out, winning, losing, whatever, you just want to be a part of it. And he's been such a... He's been such a good rider for us this year. He's a, he's a really funny bloke. Uh, I think some of the stories that he tells wouldn't be that funny if he didn't have the accent that he's got. Uh, <laughs> just, just have to mention some of them to Mason Watson, and Mason is uh, upside down laughing. Something about a Catholic converter at Melbourne Hall earlier <laughs> on in the season, which uh, tickles Mason quite a lot. And speaking of Mason, you know, saw him practice. We mentioned it on the podcast last week. Uh, he's been trying that new back end out and, you know, the bike 
looked like it was working really well for him, which is going to pay off for him, certainly at Edinburgh, because you come into a tight bend there and you've got a bike that wants to come round on you all the time, you're just going to end up doing a 360 and spin and come off it. So for Mason to get that sorted out, he's going to have heaps of confidence going in there. And I really can't see Mason being at reserve for much longer. Yeah, I think it's a case that, you know, now he's got that little problem sorted out, Greg, that you was because the effort was there. You could see particularly yeah. at Shieldfield. The effort, you, there was no question of it. And if he's got his bike sorted out on that front and he can turn the bike a bit better, then he should come on leaps and bounds as well. But I tell you what I was going to ask you, Greg, you might be more privy to, to it than myself, but I know last Saturday there was a training session at Duns and I just wondered if you'd heard if any of the Bullets lads had been up at Duns, just uh, obviously right which you know the same sort of size as Armadale but it's certainly you're turning the bike a bit harder than Shieldfield so I was just wondering if you if any lads had a quick spin I did hear that there was a few of the boys that were there uh, just honing in some skills and getting stuff sorted out and just getting some bike time sorted out again um, it's it's a great place to go and do some practice on you can uh, you can work on your clutch setups there as well which is a good thing there's a lot of riders that, that need that even some of the the best um, need that and it's uh, it's a brilliant little track and I would tell you now if you if you if you live near the area um, and they do have a, a practice day on if you've always wanted to sort of get up and close and personal and see what's going on um, head up and any questions that you've got for people that are because you're not in race mode riders are a bit more approachable so you could even just pop up to Dunn's have a bit look around um, and, you know, for something like that, donations are always welcome uh, for something like that. You know, if you wanted to pop up and just chuck a fiver in the jar and say, really enjoyed my day here, um, it all goes towards a good cause because not only is it bringing on the bandits riders, the bullets riders, and um, it's bringing on the young guys as well, the ones that are up there on the little, even the 50cc bikes, um, they're out there having a shot. I'm desperate to get my wee laddie up there soon. On the uh, on the little electric bike that he's got, but um, yeah, oh, it's uh, next it's, generation. Oh god, can you imagine that? That's what number five in the generation. If he right. wears a Bandit's race jacket, it's something That's else. It. That uh, I really hope no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I I don't think I'll age as well as my dad. I think if you want, if I've if got anyone news for would, you. I've got news for you. You aren't aging as well as your dad. <laughs> Is it because I look older than him now? Yes. Um, I, if, if anyone if anyone comes across my Instagram page, just go and have a look at 2017 before I had children and see how young and youthful I looked. <laughs> These last 600 years have been uh, pretty hard work. But yeah, the, the track it does, like I say, it's fantastic and it's bringing kids on. You can go up there, you can get a bit of a look about of it even if you have got um, youngsters who who are desperate for a shot at Speedway, you could take some kind of little bike up there and just go round on it and just, you know, get the feel for it. Um, and you'll be hoping that they don't enjoy it because uh, it can be quite expensive as times. Says the man who's blown, I don't know how many engines I've done this year. I've, it's been a few. I've went through never being that guy who's never had an engine go to... All the time, but 
that's what happens when you make them go faster. They get a little bit more finely tuned and they get a little bit more hot and they get a little bit more cracky and bangy and expensive to fix. Aye, that's it. As I'm, uh, I'm getting. I, I'm honestly feel like if I made it famous, I think I could do. I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, no bother. Because rice and beans is just, it's just it's the way to go now. I'm sleeping outside as well. <laughs> It's it's not that bad, folks, honestly. It's not that bad. But I'll tell you what I was just going to pick up on was the fact that, that interestingly enough, Danny Phillips is riding at number one on Friday night. But for Saturday night, Kevin Little, team manager, swapped Connor Coles and him round. So on Friday night, Danny Phillips is at one and Connor's at four. And then, obviously, on Saturday night, Connor's at one, Danny Phillips is at three. So he's moved them around a little bit. So do you think that might have something to do with like you said before, Greg, that Danny Phillips is uh, ridden for uh, the Monarchs Academy? I think that could be a, a massive factor in it. And I also think that it's probably got something to do with the, the size of Danny's elbows because it's a little bit narrower uh, starts at, at Edinburgh. And Danny likes to chuck them shoulders and elbows out. And uh, if anyone tries to come round him off that start, they're not getting round him. But... Um, He's uh, he's good at what he does, and I think that's probably why he's uh, why he's he's in there at one. Uh, and the other reason it could be because the averages change. Um, I think the averages will change as of Friday night. Well, after that meeting. So yeah, because I think that Connor, the way the averages worked out, I'm not entirely sure, but I think the way the averages worked out, I think the first couple of meetings back, Connor already went past me and Danny and back into the, the top of the averages again. But um, yeah, it's a it's a funny old sport. This, but um, yeah, you know, the, I think the way that Kev set up the team is going to be absolutely perfect, and I think we can uh, we've got a we've got a good guy that knows that place inside out, um, which is a fact that you, you you can't get away from. You know, Kev knows the Edinburgh track pretty well, and also knows the the Berwick track pretty well. But uh, yeah, I think. All being well, it'll be good fun. And remember, if you're wanting to watch that, it's on the EMTV. Uh, just check out the Edinburgh Monarchs Facebook page and you'll be able to, uh, to find that, get that purchased, sit back, have a takeaway and enjoy. So we look back to, well, feels like so long ago. A week tonight was uh, Birmingham, Berwick. And if you watched that on the, the BSN, you would have... Uh, You'd have been thrilled to a pretty good meeting, to be honest with you. Um, just so unfortunate to see us getting beat in the latter stages of the meeting. Um, but I think we have to we have to talk about TJ Thomas Jorgensen, James. He was outstanding. Um, scored ten points. Uh, got a run a last in heat fifteen, but you know. There was a bit of a gap between his last heat and heat 15 track changes and whatever else, so you can't really fault him for that. But what a performance to bounce back and, and more of that to come, hopefully. Absolutely. I certainly hope that he's, uh, that he's turned a corner. Um, you know, no nobody will, will take the, the sort of form that th- Thomas has been in, um, you know, harder than Thomas himself. And he knows what he's capable of. We all know what he's capable of. And, and at Birmingham, we, we saw that. Um, and long may it continue because when he's in that sort of form, he's fantastic to watch, and uh, you know, and he, he piles the points up as well. So yeah, long may that continue. 
Absolutely. I mean, you see the way that he rides the bike. Um, he is giving it everything. He is giving it his all. And there's not many riders that have went round Berwick who will rattle around the boards the way that um, that TJ does. And he's got a fantastic style, and I really do like watching him. And I'm pleased that he's put the, the naysayers, uh, he's, he's got them a little bit quieter because, you know, the guy isn't being one of these riders that's coming here to, I don't know, drop average or whatever else like that. And, and he, is a, he is a good rider. He's a really good rider. And for whatever it is, for whatever reason that things haven't been going his way, Birmingham, he certainly proved that he can do it, you know. Um, and I mean, not just him, um, Rory Stein as well. You know, Rory Stein's been off with back spasms, um, was the was the word I got, and not very nice to have um, something like that. But Marty, his performance at, at Birmingham, he's just silky smooth to watch on that bike, isn't he? He is, and if you look at the way he went about business in Heat 13, and I'm thinking, this is a, a humdinger of a heat, you know, and he's up against the the Birmingham duo, Nick Morris and uh, Justin, Justin Sedgman, Sedgman, who yeah. was absolutely flying for the Brummies that night, so and he put them to the sword. But I, I just wonder a little bit, obviously you guys talked about Thomas there, I think it wasn't just the fact that the points that he got, it was how he scored them out. He was very aggressive once he got out in front. And actually, the two of them, uh, Rory and Thomas, as an opening pairing, worked really, really well together. They certainly looked like it on the night. So I think it wasn't just the fact that the, they got the points on the board. It was how they got them as well. And they were quite the formidable pairing for the Bandits last Wednesday night. Yeah, it was. It was brilliant to see that you know, that Rory and Thomas could go out there and it was almost like, you know, let's not hide about it. It, it was two heat leaders going out in your in your first heats. Um, and for whatever reasons that uh, Scott decided that he was going to put them together, um, it worked a treat. And I mean, we look at the rest of the, the, the rest of the way the bandits performed. I mean, okay, Leon you Leon will have wanted to have a little bit more than that. Uh but it was, you know, six points. It was hard fought after and you know, he 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 went out and he gave it his best, but again it was it had to be the night that Birmingham decided to, to show up and uh, and do the do. So um yeah, it was uh it was a tough night for them but the uh, it'll not be long until well, when's the next? When are we going to be seeing the FDS Bandits back in play again? Fifteenth yeah. of July. And is that going to be a double header? Would I be it right? It certainly is, Greg. So we'll not only see the FDS Bandits, but we'll see the, the Grant GHT. Henderson Bullets as well. Yes, and a double header against Bellevue. I think I'm right in saying. I think you're right. Yes, I think you're right. Yep, yep. Oh, well, there we go. Well, that's one thing that I've gotten right, but. <laughs> Da, 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 da. Let's see what you boys can get right as we swiftly move. You like that? It was a good link, that wasn't it? Swiftly move on to tonight's quiz. So, last week the winner was Marty. Would I be right in saying? I think I did sneak it at the end. You did, you did. And uh, James, you'll be wanting to get one back over on him. And you've sent your questions to me, guys. And I have to say, James. You've went for the jugular. <laughs> <laughs> I had a quick look through these and uh, 
wow. Uh, good luck, Marty. That's, uh, <laughs> that's all I'm saying. <laughs> but if there was anybody I was going to put these questions to, it would, of course, be yourself, Marty. Uh, and not no disrespect to yourself, James, but, you know, it has been called no. the Oracle in the past. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I cannot disagree with that whatsoever. Well, seeing as Marty won last week, I'm going to give him the choice. Marty, do you want to go first, or would you like James to go first? James, to go first. You what? James. All right, James. Well, here we go. This is question number one to you. And if you guys can keep a hold of your scores, you know I'm terrible at keep, <laughs> keeping this score right. So, question number one. Which British club did current world champion Bartosz Smarzlik make one appearance for? That would have been Birmingham. That would be correct. Well done. Uh, right, here we go. Here's your uh, here's your first one, Marty. In 1988, Eric Anderson, Hans Nielsen and Jano Pedersen completed an all-Danish rostrum that three that, that year's individual world championships, sorry. Two other countries have achieved this accolade before. Who are they? Which countries? Well, I w- New Zealand's got to be one of them. Right. And um, the top three on the podium. So I'll say New Zealand. And I want to say... Oh no! Oh, I'm 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 going back to Wembley days. In my head here, I'm thinking Sweden. Well, I think I can give you half a point because the answer was Sweden in 1961 and the USA in 1937. So not New Zealand. But as soon as I saw that, I did. New Zealand was the one that came to my, came to mind. So there we go. That is uh, a point and a half there. Uh-huh. So James leading by a half at the moment. <laughs> so James, here we go. This one could be a little bit tricky as well. Mark Laram won the World Championship in the year 2000, but who won the Under-21 World Championship in the same year? Oh, this is a guess, but I mm. want to say Yarek Campbell. Oh, incorrect. It was Andreas Jonsson. Ah, there you are. There you are. There you go. Good one, that. This is another good question. Question two, Marty, for yourself. Which rider has the most bronze world championship medals? Uh, No. No, I got this wrong when I thought about it. Bronze. And we can confirm to everyone out there listening, these lads are not Googling. Uh, we've got the same, we've got no, the, the guy no. we've got the guy from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire and his brother is uh, here checking, making sure these boys are not so double doubled up tonight with this. <laughs> um He cost a lot of money to get up the road, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> the most bronze is it going to be somebody like Lee Adams? That is who I said. But in fact, it was Thomas Golub. Oh, well. So there you go. Um, 
Question number three, James. Speedway returned to Shieldfield Park in August 1996, but who did the Bandits race on the opening night? I mean, the full team name, please. Is it the Sheffield Prowlers? Oh, Marty. I think you could go with a half. Well, th- I was thinking half a point. <laughs> it was the... It was the oh, uh, can you say it for uh, uh, There you go. It was the Prowlers, though. It was I the Prowlers. Yes. Aye. 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 So you get, you get your half point there, and well done, anybody at home. I think he's going to win this week anyway. Jesus. That got that. That got that. <laughs> It's, this question is uh, well good luck <laughs> how many full maximums did Jason Lyons score for Birmingham between 2007 and 2010 3 you were close. It was 22. Wow. <laughs> These guys can't be all right speaking to each other on Saturday night when you're in the commentary box. This is, this is a real concern. This is a real concern. <laughs> oh, jeez. You can't even have me in the middle because I'm too busy. Uh, Marty's, this, this is a good question here. Um, and I, I think I got that one. Ah, oh, yeah, I did get that one right. Uh, okay, James, who won the first ever competitive race at Cardiff? Oh, Scott Nichols. Yes, you are correct. Well done. There, I think he takes a win with that one. I think he does take the win for that one. But here we go. You're playing for pride now. Who had a cup of tea at Bruff Park <laughs> in 1949 whilst they were waiting on the raffle tickets? <laughs> oh, right. I know, uh, that, I know that one. I know that right. one. Oh, did we? <laughs> question, Marty, que- question number four for you. Yeah. How many sugars does George English have in his? <laughs> 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 in 1998, Berwick were represented by two riders who had worn the colours of Long Eaton in 1996. Who are those riders? Long Eaton when? 1996? Yes. So they rode for well, Berwick in 1998. Right, but what, in, what, sorry, one of them's Martin Dixon. Uh-huh, correct. Ninety. I want to see. I want to see. I want to see Craig Taylor, but I think I'm wrong. Is that your final answer? I'll go with Craig Taylor. You've got another half point because it was Martin Dixon, but the other rider was Rennie Madsen. I. I remember him riding for Berwick, but I couldn't have told you that he ridden for Long Eaton. Aye. Well, here's your last question, James. Speedway appeared briefly in Skegness in the late 90s. What was the team's nickname? Oh, I should know this, and I don't. 
I've seen this and I cannot remember for the life of me what they're called. Can I tell them, Greg? Do you want to be smug? No. By all means. If <laughs> <laughs> it makes you feel better, Marty, go you ahead and tell him. Take, take no. it away. Take it away. I wouldn't take it from you, Greg. You can tell him. It was the Skagness yeah, Braves. Uh, to be honest, actually, no. That would, I, I would never have gotten that. I would never have gotten that. I would not have got that either. Uh, this is actually quite a good one. So, Bandits fans, get closer, listen, or, or turn your volume up in your headphones. This is a, a, a nice one, this. Um, now, this question doesn't have the year, but, Marty, I'll give you a bonus question. I'll give you a bonus point if you can get the year as well. Who was the last... Because I don't know the year, so I hope you do, James. <laughs> um, is, that, is that because... Sorry, is that because he gets a bonus point for finishing behind his teammate? very good and if anyone would like to apply for the job of commentary at Beric on Saturday night (laughs) um, who was the last Polish rider to represent the bandits this is a good one Gregor's Struzek no, that is incorrect. Um, James, can you say it? <laughs> uh, yes, that was uh, David Stashira. I would never have said that. I would not. I would never. I would never. I, I've got it written in front of me, and I still wouldn't have been able to say that name. Uh, and can I have a stab at the year? Go, on, Go then. for the year. Yeah. Two thousand and eleven. Nah, it was later than that. It's either six. I didn't. I, I didn't pay particular attention to the year. I think it's 2016. It's 16 or 17. I do remember. I, I do well. Actually, it would be. I that that makes sense. It does. It does. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's what the. I mean, well, did anyone keep count of what the scores were there? I know that James won it with these ridiculously hard questions. It was two two and a half to one. I think so. It wasn't. Uh, it wasn't uh, a resounding, uh, a resounding yeah. victory. We're going to change the, the, the total access uh, quiz to Mastermind. <laughs> I mean, if anybody at home done any better than that, please get in touch with uh, either myself, James, Marty, on Saturday night, and uh, I, I let sin- us know I, sincere- I sincerely hope, Martin, you're still talking to me after that. <laughs> they were brutal questions, to be fair. Do you know what that was like? That was kind of like Smarr's like running up the inside of, uh, <laughs> and I was sitting in the final, <laughs> and I was trying to hold on. Uh... <laughs> oh. <laughs> you tried your best to hold on. You just skiffed the air fence. The bike lifted, but you managed to get it down and get over the line. Aye. But you never done yourself any injustice there at all. But it's been uh, it's been a great show tonight, lads. I've uh, I have fair enjoyed that. Have you? Uh, apart from the end in there, Marty. Quite, yeah, quite it's, all good. it's all good fun. It'll, it's exactly it's that. Good it, fun. It's exactly that. No, we've had a good time, James. Yourself, are you chuffed a bits with that victory? I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, oh, no, well. Yeah, I know it's it's a it's a pleasure to uh, pleasure to be on as always. Always a could could talk speedway until a band played. So uh, exactly yeah, that. I've uh, I, I do I've enjoyed it, and the the, the quiz is always a always a highlight. Uh, well, I've certainly know. enjoyed it myself as well. And 
on that note, it's uh, it's almost time for us to leave. But before we go, just like to say thanks to everyone who has joined and listened, and everyone who's been listening on the podcast. If you would like to um, watch the meeting, as I said on Friday night, uh, where the bullets go up to Armadale, you can find that on the EMTV on Edinburgh Monarchs Speedway page. And again, if you like what you hear, uh, James and Marty will be doing the commentary potentially on uh, Saturday night. Uh, if you want to head over to the Berwick Speedway website at berwickspeedway.com and you can go there and uh, you can watch that stream as well if you can't join us for that wherever you are in the world. But um, that's all I've got to say on the, on the matter. Uh, I've said enough and I think it's time for us to go. So uh, I've been Greg Blair. These guys have been uh, James and Marty and thanks very much for joining us on Radio Northumberland.